0: Four years after I left, four long years of being stalked and having things happen, like my tires slashed and my kids would come back from a a visit with their dad saying, Daddy says you're going to die. You know, all of these things, four years later, he took the kids one day and disappeared
1: out of country. That's the incredible Lizbeth Meredith, telling her story of surviving domestic abuse only to have her ex-husband kidnap her two young
2: daughters. What followed was a two-year ordeal to track her children down in Greece, where Elizabeth spent thousands of dollars she didn't have, worked with a private detective, fought through a foreign court system, got arrested, and took terrifying risks to bring them home. I think the thing that my former
0: husband neglected to factor in was, by then I had experience rebuilding, and I knew that I could endure a lot. And
2: now it was time for gloves off. Lizbeth wrote about that harrowing journey of defying the odds and the expectations in her memoir, Pieces of Me. And in 2022, that book was made into a lifetime movie called Stolen by Their Father. But her story doesn't end there. On this episode, Lizbeth shares the long road from her own childhood trauma to
1: rescuing her girls and now working as a writer, true crime interviewer, probation worker, and child abuse investigator. Today, she uses her voice and her experiences to advocate for victims everywhere. You do not want to miss this one. Welcome to The Breakout, a show about smashing through life's little boxes and
2: forging your own path. I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. And I'm Kelly Gunther. Carrie and I are people and change experts and best friends. We've spent more than 25 years helping organizations navigate change and get the best out of their people. Come on, we know change is hard, but staying the same can even be harder.
1: On The Breakout, we prove that you can escape expectations and best of all, we show you how. Greg, Greg, I'm their mother. They need me.
2: Now they don't.
0: I told them you don't want them. They
2: don't ask about you anymore. Can you let me talk to them, please? Put them on the, put them on the phone. You fold.
1: won't get them back. And if you try again, I'll kill you. Oh, that's a clip from Stolen by Their Father, the Lifetime movie based on Lisbeth's story. It's just a small glimpse into the nightmare she went through and how miraculous it is that she came out the other side. So let's jump in. You have quite a story, Lisbeth. We probably, it's hours and hours. So we're going to try to do it justice in our short period of time that we have with you. So I know this is tough. In one line, what did you break out of?
0: Oh, and one line, what I broke out of. That's a good one. I like it. I broke out of the very low expectations that not only I had for myself, but other people had for me as I was a young kid growing up with not the best of circumstances.
1: I, I almost could end the podcast there. That's so beautiful, because I think so many people have that and don't even sometimes realize it, That such low expectations and how that impacts your choices, what you do with your life, how you think of yourself, what you strive for. Let's go back a little, because you have so many chapters to your story. When I was a very, very young kid, I grew
0: up with a lot of chaos in the home. And I remember as a child thinking, I want to be a mom. And I definitely want to be a mom that never divorces. There won't be family violence like in our home. There won't be that chaos. My kids will know who their parents are. They will know who they are. And I did none of the heavy lifting after childhood to make sure that that was going to be the case. I just immediately went away to college for a little bit, failed out, and then grabbed the first hand that reached out to me romantically. I mean, like the first person who said, I'll take care of you. I was like, perfect. I, my work is done. (laughs) (laughs) I've arrived. And so I actually married uh, this person that I'd known for about three and a half months. And I was kind of the original 90 day fiance. Mm, I like to say mm, now. Ahead of your time. (laughs) Right. I should be on their confessionals. But uh, (laughs) anyway, I married someone who was a good bit older than myself, not horrifically so, but older. I was young. He was a little bit older. He's from a different culture, and that isn't of itself a bad thing, but I just didn't know him, and I didn't know myself. Mm -hmm. So fast forward a few years later, I am at the Battered Women's Shelter, separating I'd never had my degree, so trying to put my life back together and trying to create for my daughters who'd witnessed violence, who'd witnessed me being harmed pretty badly. My oldest daughter, she was two at the time, almost three. And I thought, now that I've been injured, now that the kids have gone through this thing, now that we're on Section 8 housing, when we finally got on housing, if I can just color in the lines and follow the rules and be a quote unquote good victim, not annoy my friends by going back and forth and choosing to be with the person and not complaining loudly about single parenting or that I don't get child support and never will. If I just do the right things, this will be over. And I really did a good job of some of that. You know, I mean, I finished college in a couple of years, got my journalism degree And got a job as a domestic violence survivor advocate that I loved. Made no money, but I loved it. And had a wonderful roommate who was like a grandma to my kids. I assumed that because I made good choices, violence would end. And instead, what happened was it would keep ratcheting up over the years. So four years after I left, four long years of being stalked and... You know, having things happen like my tires slashed and my kids would come back from a, a visit with their dad saying, Daddy says you're going to die. Oh my you God. You know, Daddy says you're going to go to hell. You know, all of these things. Four years later, he took the kids one day and disappeared out of country. And it wasn't because, oh, he was so excited to introduce my kids to his culture or the country. It was a payback. Mm -hmm. I had done the unthinkable, and Mm -hmm. the stronger I became, the scarier he became.
2: On his very first unsupervised overnight visit with their daughters, Lizbeth's ex-husband took the girls and fled to Greece, his home country. That's when all of the rules Lizbeth was playing by went out the window. You said something that
1: was really interesting that you were a good victim and you still were kind of playing by the rules, but was interesting about your story. You weren't a very good victim in in Greece. You were, you were kind of a badass. (laughs) I think the thing that
0: my former husband neglected to factor in when four years later, he took my kids was by then I had experience rebuilding and I knew that I could endure a lot and that actually he'd sort of helped with that training my childhood and then you know realizing what my kids needed plus the fact that i had a proven history of rising to an occasion when people didn't think i could even myself now it was time for gloves off and so i knew that one thing that was important was good community and so I had it with that job of mine, with amazing coworkers who were my friends, with the fabulous executive director who was also politically active in Alaska, and that mattered. And so there were so many great things in the midst of something awful. And I wasn't doing this alone. I didn't become a superhero somehow. I did have to pretend often that I was fearless, I had plenty of fear. And I still do, you know, at times in life, you know, I still deal with a lot of anxiety and things like that. But I definitely knew it was time to move forward, mobilize the troops. Living in Alaska pre-internet was the best place in the world for a hardship because people know how to stand up for one another and create community back in the day. We weren't a divided, crazy country, but really people just rolled up their sleeves and said, this happened to one of us. How can we help?
2: So I was never doing it alone. Lizbeth and her community raised enough money to get her to Greece, stay for months, and hire lawyers as well as a private detective. She endured threats to her life and took incredible risks to get her girls home to America.
0: But ultimately, there were some decisions I had to make that only I would pay the hugest of consequences for. I got arrested in Greece. You know, I've not been arrested in our country, although there's still time. But, (laughs) you know, having never been arrested, it was terrifying in somewhere else. So anyway, it was a scary time, but it was worth, you know, the only things that mattered were my daughters. Yes. And they didn't deserve this. And so it really was important to say, okay, drawing a line in the sand, and this one is worth risking everything for.
1: First of all, let me say that my husband and I used to love to watch Lifetime movies because it was such a good escape. And so to have someone with a Lifetime movie on our podcast is bananas. Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's one. But to actually interview someone who has the story of abuse, the kidnapping, and then taking two years to get her kids back. And it wasn't like a quick, I took a trip got my daughters, came back, and that is a nice 90-minute movie, but that is not what happens. There were failure attempts, let's put it that way. I can't even imagine being away from your kids for two years, someone takes them, and then
2: still being this uplifting presence. It is amazing. She's just had to endure so much in her life and yet she's been someone who has just constantly persevered and pushed through it and had this ability to find a way, find this other gear and say, you know what, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. And then she's been given this amazing talent and she's had this talent within her to write and to use it to advocate and not become a further victim, but to help others to me is just the, the greatest gift she could give. It's so incredibly uplifting and and powerful. I'm at a loss. It's just an incredibly moving story all the way around. You got your girls back, but it
1: wasn't an immediate, like, happily ever after, end scene, and then rainbows and unicorns. Because, yeah, that's where the movie ends, right? And it was so... I loved working
0: with the producers on the movie, but you know, a movie can't go on forever. (laughs) And the story, the story (laughs) continued on. I think if I thought getting kids out of a foreign country was hard, it was nothing compared to raising two traumatized non-English speaking daughters. And I had been through so much and kept it together actually pretty decently, not always, But kept it together, but then when finally all of that sort of subsided, when we got back home, I lost it. Mm. So you have me needing more acute mental health services and trauma support on a shoestring budget, no more time off work because I, you know, my coworkers were so amazing and had donated their leave to me so I could stay. The final time I went to Greece, it was three and a half months. Wow. And they made sure that I had a paycheck. But by the time I got home, gosh, I mean, how much more could I bankrupt them? So it was rough. You know, I was hard as a parent to deal with. The kids seemed like they were going to be just fine. I always feel sad when I talk to other parents whose kids have gone through something similar because the parent will say immediately, like, and everything is perfect. And I quietly think... (laughs) (laughs) for this day and we should be thankful (laughs) but trauma doesn't work like that you know it doesn't just kind of like ah that was good I'm done it comes back and it stays with us and it doesn't ever fully go away there are maybe remission of symptoms but it's something that has to be managed so despite now I worked on getting my master's degree in psychology which I did and the kids were in school and in sports But it got really harder, I think, especially when they were in their later teens. It Mm -hmm. just was difficult. And so, you know, I would tell any parent, like, really, 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 don't hesitate to run back to counseling or coaching or something that helps you parent somebody who's been through so much and meet them where they're at, not not the old school rules of suck it up, which I did with my kids at times. Suck it up, buttercup. You know, everyone (laughs) did so much for you. You better invent the cure to AIDS because everyone gave so much. And my kids felt so pressured by my judgments.
1: I think you you said such a good point that, the movies do, any kind of movie does it a, a bit of a disservice because it often ends on a happy note and people are like, look, she's doing great. And they skip over the really, really hard stuff. My husband and I like to joke when, you know, in the TV show, they have a baby and and it's like a lot of drama. And then after that, you never see the baby. And they're always like fresh faced, like they have a lot of sleep and they're always going out. And we're like, where the hell did that baby go? And it gives people this, this false impression that it's not that hard. And I think what's so great that you said is it is always there, you have to manage it. And if you don't talk about it, it's far worse. And so I wanna ask more questions, but I know my buddy Kelly has- A few questions for you, and I don't want to steal all of it, so I'm going to have to try to stop talking.
2: Thanks, Carrie. I've been dying to get in there. I wonder, you know, you kind of swore you wouldn't make your life about being a survivor or victimhood, but, you know, you've you've totally immersed yourself in this work. And, you know, by being an interviewer for true crime shows, working with child abuse investigations, being a domestic abuse advocate, all incredibly profoundly important work. And you've said that you know, you and your girls healing was inspired and helped by the work that you do. So could you talk a little bit about how the work you've been doing has helped you and your girls? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. I included some stories from that in my second book, Grounded in
0: Grit. Therapy was very helpful. And I've tried many different kinds. EMDR, talk therapy, different kinds of talk therapy, trauma releasing exercises. Those are all helpful. However, Things went so wrong with my case uh, when the kids were missing, and even when I was a domestic abuse survivor dealing with the ongoing stalking. And it's very easy to take it personally and think that the worker didn't care. Why is the system stacked against me? Why did this or that not happen? Suddenly, deciding to work in the system that I had felt failed me miserably. Sometimes it did. I'm not going to lie sometimes it did, but sometimes it did not. It helped to depersonalize things. I was able to look at what happened as I'm trying to help other people who've gone through incredibly difficult circumstances. Doing my very best and not hitting the mark at times, that was a real lesson for me to say, oh, you can do your very best, but the needs always exceed the resources. And There are so many different factors, including sprinkles of luck here and there that make a success in the end. And as an example, when I was a domestic abuse victim and early on in my survivorhood, one of the detectives that I met tried to make sure that he leveraged my trauma into perhaps a romantic liaison on the side, he was married, but he just thought this would be a great opportunity for himself. And, you know, as a mom, I really thought about, would it help my case? You know, I didn't say, oh, this is so horrible. I'll never consider it. I thought for a second, would this make a difference? And yet, when I went to work later, very closely with police in my neighborhood and and in the city of Anchorage, where I'm from, they were amazing. And 99% of the time, or maybe 90% of the time, whether you're a teacher or probation officer, a writer, whatever, you're going to meet great people. But in every profession, there is a percentage of criminals inside it. And again, that's not personal, but I wouldn't have ever felt that way. It neutralized this anger that would have kept roiling inside of me. And the cool thing was it gave me a little power working in the system to make changes. And then writing... I was able to write about some of that experience and it just felt great. The ongoing education that I received working in the field, you know, graduate school was one thing, but I was working with boots on in probation when we learned about the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study and trauma-informed care. Those things turned my parenting inside out, even though it was very late for my kids. I understood finally, all that they had needed from me was not personal, and their rebellion needed to happen, and they were acting out of pain and not spite. And I was a controlling enough parent when they were in high school that I really took that personally, took it as a personal affront. It was embarrassing to me. I did not empathize with them at times that I should have. I'm not saying I never did, but there were times I made huge mistakes. So this really helped me. That trauma-informed care training, I became a trainer of trauma-informed care, that helped the beginning of my book. It was that day, I was like, you know, in the middle of class and I was like, this is it. This is where our story begins and ends.
1: We'll get back to the interview after this quick
2: break. The Breakout comes to you from Abracci Group. We offer coaching and consulting to help you dig into change. Here's what we know, only about 10% of us are really self-aware. Without self-awareness, improvement is tough because if you don't know what box you're in, you can't break out of it. That's where we come in. We've got a soft
1: spot for people itching to forge a fresh path. The high flyers who need to be nudged out of career ruts. Teams who are looking to become more aligned. And yes, even those bold souls who have occasionally worn the jerk
2: badge. Connect with us at abracchigroup.com. Your story is just so impactful on so many levels, but the instrument that you've been given of writing, Lizbeth, I think is just so powerful and the gift of storytelling, of telling this impactful story and what you've had to survive and endure and live through is just incredible. There are so many people who are going to benefit from hearing this and are probably feeling like I could make a difference. I can make a change in my life and I need to make a change. And after hearing your story, they will want to make a change. So, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, so, I'm tearing up. So, that's an appropriate next question segment. So, with the world being in shambles, and as you mentioned, you know, we can all stand to incorporate elements of kindness into our, our life and our lexicon. You know, what are some truths that you've learned about trauma and resilience over the years that you've come back to in hard times for people, I think, in particular, who might be struggling to maybe break out or, or live a life differently? I love that. Great question. I feel like the first one I
0: mentioned, but it bears saying again, and I say it every day in my true crime job, time does not heal all wounds. And preserving our stories and not sharing them does not aid with healing. But the other thing is we're not alone. Even when we feel alone, we are not alone. And there's someone else out there who can relate to our story, who's going through what we're going through. Yes, it's wonderful when people have the privilege to have access to mental health services, and I am a great believer in them. It's a certain privilege that we don't all have that. But there are online forums. There are many different places where we can find peer support with people who have walked in our shoes. And a lot of times I will talk to clients who say, I'm not that kind of person. I just don't like to talk about or I don't like to be with a group of other people or this that. It's not about what you like. It's about what you need. It's kind of like when we go on a healthcare plan for eating and exercise. I don't ever wake up and say, can I have some kale? That I can't wait to wake up and have a smoothie. This is gonna be amazing. But it's as grown people, we have to go with what we need, not what we want. We have to be willing to be uncomfortable and know that we're gonna learn from the people as much that we don't want to become, in addition to the people who set an example. And that's the beauty of peer support, both giving and receiving. And I truly believe it helps us sustain community when we go through a prolonged hard time. If we get that support, because otherwise we're likely to take one or two of our closest relatives or friends and drive them nuts and weigh them down with this one thing for weeks, months, hours, years. People get sick of it as they should. And so it's wonderful to have a strong, empathetic community. If you want to keep it, you got to take care of yourself. And you and part of that kind of getting support, taking good care of yourself, if you didn't have it growing up, reparent yourself, you know, make sure that all of your habits, when possible, express a whispered, I love you, you know, it's a whisper of I love myself, I'm going to eat like I love myself, I'm going to move like I love myself, I'm going to let in my environment, people who help me feel safe, and that help bring out my best, doesn't mean I'm going to get rid of all my friends that aren't that way. I mean, I still watch The Real Housewives as an example. (laughs) But on the other hand, you have to know how much of that do you want, you know, because all of our diet, our friendship diets, our, you know, movement diet, everything matters, what we read, what we listen to. So it's not easy to change old patterns. To tame trauma, I like to say the best we can do is tame it and incorporate it into our lives. But I think you feel successful
2: when you know you're not ashamed of it any longer. You know, so much of what you just described and emphasized is so impactful for so many reasons. And people aren't alone. And I think that we're all indebted to you for being able to show us and guide us on ways that we can take those initial steps. Thank you so much. Your books are Pieces of Me and Grounded in Grit. We'll make sure to include that in our show notes. One last question for you. You have one minute with someone who's stuck and they want to break out. What do you tell them? Wow, one minute. I would
0: suggest having a vision in their mind of what they want to get unstuck from, as well as the commitment in their mind of what are they willing to give to make that change. It's important to be very honest with themselves. I talk to a lot of people who And by the way, I don't give people advice on their violent relationships and abducted children. I want to be clear about that. But I get a lot of people asking me for that kind of like, tell me what to do. Getting to a point where you get the right support that you start to know you can trust your own body, your own impressions to make your own best decision That is key, having that vision in mind and then being willing to do anything to get the support you need. And what works for me will not work for someone else. So it's really important that people get input and perspective and support because inside them lies the answer.
2: Thank you so much, Lizbeth, for being on our podcast and for breaking out of the low expectations that you set for yourself and that others set for you to become this incredibly strong woman that you are today and such an inspiration and powerful force.
0: Thank you, Kelly. And thank you, Carrie. I've loved being here today.
1: You are amazing to quote. I don't know. Do you watch any drag race, Lizbeth? RuPaul's drag race? My daughter does. I don't. Well, your daughter might appreciate, I will quote Alyssa Edwards, beast. You are amazing. You're the beast. That's all I could think. I was like, damn, she's a beast. She's amazing. (laughs) So tell your daughter, Alyssa Edwards, she would say beast. And you are like the most amazing person. And I'm so honored you're on our podcast.
0: Thank you so much. This was an honor. And I'm so happy to be a beast.
1: That's great. (laughs) Kelly, stop making me cry all the time. Damn it. When she talks about the intergenerational trauma, and that happens to so many people, you just keep repeating and repeating. Mm -hmm. And so you have kids at a young age, and it's all the shit we talk about, Kelly. It's those Mm -hmm. expectations, right? It's the expectations of you have a kid when you're 21, and you don't go to college, and you just keep perpetuating it. And for her to break it and break that cycle and talk about it is so impressive and so wonderful and so uplifting that everyone needs to hear the story of her. Because it's like, you know
2: what? You can do it. If she Mm -hmm. can do it, like, it's just inspiring.
1: Now I got to blow my nose.
2: I thought that that was such great clarity and that trauma is something that has to be managed, that you never overcome it. that it's something that you just have to manage throughout the course of your life. That to me was something that I had not heard, or at least if I'd heard it, it wasn't as said so succinctly and again celebrating our efforts not always the outcome it may not have been the prettiest way to do it but i have gotten the job done and i'm continuing to get the job done on my terms
1: and the last bit of you should surround yourself with people who share the same expectation of you and not the negative ones and not the low ones you know what i mean I don't mean like you hang out with assholes who are expecting you to be perfect all day, but they share like you are worth it. That's it. Hang around people who love you and think you're worth it. Mm -hmm. That's it. You're worth it. Stupid episode. So good. That was our conversation with the warrior, the beast, Lizbeth Meredith. And this is The Breakout from Abracci Group. At Abracci Group, we specialize in coaching and consulting for brave new directions. Connect with us at abraccigroup.com.
2: And don't forget to subscribe to The Breakout so you never miss a new episode. And make sure you're following us on Instagram at The Breakout Pod. I'm Kelly Gunther. And I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. See you next time.